gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast. Do not let the name fool you, because this podcast is for anyone who is looking for general basic advice on financial freedom. This is everything you should have learned in high school, but you didn't, and it wasn't because you're skipping school and high, it's because they didn't teach it to you. I am Dustin Owen, affectionately known as D.O., and with me is my producer extraordinaire, Coleman. What's up, what's up? How's everyone doing? I'm doing fine. I just asked, how is everyone doing on a freaking podcast? Uh, shows, it truly shows the audience how simple my mindset is, right? And it's every reason why anything that I teach should have been taught at the high school level because we're not getting past like sixth grade reading levels right now, okay? Um, today, I think it'd be great to talk about buying a home. Buying a home. Are you a homeowner? I am not a homeowner. You're not a homeowner. I burn my money on rent. Okay. Very cool. And a cool ass car, by the way, but nonetheless, uh, we won't go there right now. Um, burn your money on rent, but you live on five acres. Correct. Okay. Um, farmer? No, looking to put a couple goats out there for the agricultural discount, but haven't made it that far yet. Okay, but you just uh, like privacy? Correct. Okay, cool. So this is perfect. You are very much half of our audience, right? Half of our audience are not yet homeowners. Uh, they're going to be homeowners coming up uh, sometime in the next five to seven years. Statistics show it. Uh, on average, about 64% of uh, Americans are homeowners. Um, I think that, that number tied between 62 and 64%. Um, but most people, most, I didn't say all, most people should be homeowners if they care about generating wealth. Because did you know, probably may or may not have known this, but homeowners are something stupid. I'm going to get this totally wrong, but I promise you it's this high. They're like 75 times more wealthy than non-homeowners. But I thought owning a home is just like a money pit. It is. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about that. Owning a home sucks. It sucks the money right out of your bank account, right? But it also is a great way for you to accumulate wealth. Like right now, you're paying what, sixteen, eighteen hundred dollars in rent? Correct. Okay. If that was a mortgage payment, let's say it was eighteen hundred, well, four hundred of it is probably going towards things like taxes and homeowner insurance, right? But then you also have four hundred dollars of that is going towards your principal. Right now with your rent, nothing is going towards your principal, okay? So at $400 a clip, at least in year one, if I do simple math, right, four times 12 is 48, $4,800. That's how much money you have in equity. Right? Equity is somewhat tangible, meaning you can sell your house and, and, and gain equity. That's $4,800 that you quote unquote saved that year. Here's something else, that house that had an $1,800 a month payment is probably on average about $250,000, right? It's an average sales price. Um, on average, homes should appreciate at about 3% per year. Like, yes, I know we lived through 2004, 2005, 2006, where they were just like skyrocketing at 20, 25% a clip. Then it was realized that that wasn't real, that was fake, that was like monopoly money, and then everything came crashing down. But, and since the crash, we've had some good years where we, we grew at greater than 3%, but on average, look at like the past 30, 40 years. Homes are going to appreciate on average about three percent per year. So that same home that you bought for two hundred fifty thousand dollars in twelve months, not only have you paid down what you owe by four thousand eight hundred dollars, 
it's going up in value by $7,500, right? 3% of $200,000. Like, then you start multiplying that by 7, 12, 18, 30 years. You still find themselves in 30 years owning a home outright, and that home went up in value 3% per year, every year for 30 years. Uh, I'm going to do a quick Law of 72 for you guys. Law of 72 basically states, take your rate of return, divide it into 72, and it'll tell you how often your money doubles, right, or the, the value doubles. So 3 goes into 72, roughly, let's see here, 2, carry the 1, uh, what does that give me, uh, Nope. Four times? Is that 24? That sounds right, because I don't know the answer. Okay, good. I can make it up, right? Um, yeah, so so 24 times. So that home, theoretically, that you bought for 250 in 30 years, it's more than doubled in value. So 250 and a half now is about 550 Okay, you own something, right? You didn't pay rent for 30 years. You own something, and it's worth $550,000. Have you been renting in your lifestyle? You wouldn't save five hundred thousand dollars. Most people. That's where the whole wealth equation comes in. When when I spout something like homeowners are seventy five times more wealthy than non homeowners, that's where it's coming from. Gotcha. Right? There's a lot of assumptions, a lot of variables, and look, I'm the first kid. They don't dive into socioeconomic issues and um, all that, but just know that that homeownership. And, and you're you're listening to somebody that man, homeownership does me out of a couple pretty decent sized holes that my ignorant financial behaviors um, got me into, right? But because I own this home and because I had this equity and because I've been paying down a loan, I was able to go to my house and say, oh shit, how I screwed up. I racked up some credit cards. I bought a, I bought a car that was too big for my budget. Can you help me? And my house was like, yeah, Dustin, you've been a responsible homeowner for the past seven years. and." Um, that home that you bought for two hundred thousand is now worth two fifty, and the loan that you had for one hundred ninety-five thousand, you now owe one hundred eighty-five on it. How about we uh, do a little thing called a refinance? We'll give you a new loan. The new loan's for two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and uh, after we pay off your current mortgage, you're left with about forty grand. I'm like, oh my god, forty grand? That's fantastic. What do you think, JC? I should do with that uh, forty grand? Pay off the debts. Yeah. Yeah, paid off the car, paid off the credit cards. Wifey and I got together. We decided to put in some decisions, right? Got ourselves on the budget. That home did that for me, right? That was that was my wealth that I had accumulated that I was able to use to quote unquote rescue me from some bad decisions I made. Had I stayed a renter, I wouldn't have been paying down my mortgage, and my home wouldn't have been, been appreciating in value. I would have never had that. Um, kind of like get out of jail free card, right? So that's kind of the power of homeownership. And, and I, I, I want to kind of get into like, well, what, is, what does it take to buy? When should I buy? Because I did say homeownership is great for, for some, it's not great for all. Um, so first and foremost, if you don't see yourself staying in an area for a minimum of three years, but preferably five years, maybe you're a good, a good renter at that point. Right, because when you buy a house, it costs money to get into it. You're going to spend money on home inspections and appraisals. You're going to have things called closing costs. Right, so it's going to cost you anywhere between five to ten grand just to get into the home. Okay, and then when you go to sell the home, it costs money to sell a home. Right, like you, you have to go to some kind of a real estate agent 
the real estate agent doesn't sell, they don't sell homes for free, they want some kind of a commission. And then with the sale of a home, there's going to be some closing costs associated with it. And so it, it could very well cost you somewhere around 5 to 8% of your home value just to get out of it. Right? So if you're, you're only going to own a home for three years, there's a good chance that the cost to get in and the cost to get out outweigh all the financial benefits. And it just would make sense for you to, 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 to rent. Also, when it comes to owning a home, we mentioned already, like, jokingly, I said, Homes suck, right? They suck the money right out of your wallet. They do. Like, there is, there's no denying. In fact, there's a study, I believe it was done by Freddie Mac, um, probably three years ago now I read this, but it states that a home will cost you 1% to 3% of its value in annual upkeep. So that same $250,000 property, just an upkeep, right? Like, this is like your AC breaking, your, your roof leaking. Right now, I have water intrusion around my side of the last door. We're ripping up wood flooring. I have to put down tile. Like, that's part of owning a home. That costs money. So that $250,000 house, it could be $2,500. It could be up to $7,500 on average. So when you go to own a home, you need to make sure that you already are a disciplined enough spender or consumer that you have money to be on the sideline. So that you are ready for when that home does, does break down on you. So if, if you're not there yet in life, maybe that's when home ownership would make sense for you. If you are uh, transient or you're in a place of, of your career or your life where your current geographic location is in your forever place, right? Because you're maybe you're anticipating a big promotion, you're recently graduated from college, or you are anticipating getting married and your spouse lives in a different city and you may end up in that spouse's city. Like those are all be reasons why you, you wouldn't own. Or if you live paycheck to paycheck and you don't show the ability to save money, you probably should become homeless. Now, that doesn't mean you just, I'm, I'm telling you right now that you have to save money for a down payment because you don't. But we'll get into that here in a, in a minute or two. Um, but you have to be able to show that you save money for the oh shit moments in life, right? It's, it's not a matter of uh, when they happen, it's a matter of uh, if they happen, it's a matter of when they happen, so they are going to happen. So that would be a reason not to become a, uh, uh, a homeowner. Now, how easy or how hard is it? It's probably not as hard as people think it is to actually qualify for a loan, right? It's cumbersome, don't get me wrong. Like, the amount of paperwork and the eye-dotting pee crossing and that's where sometimes it's like uh, they want a purple unicorn and you deliver a pink unicorn you're like, I found a unicorn, it's having to be pink and not purple. Like, the process can be that cumbersome. And you'll find good professionals out there, good realtors and good lenders that they specialize in purple unicorns, right? They specialize in walking you through that process, but but it's not hard to necessarily qualify. Like, I think there's easily half a dozen loan programs that allow for 0% down. Like, there's loans from the United States Department of Agriculture, called a USDA loan. There's uh, that offers hundreds of financing. There are loans through the Department of Veteran Affairs if you're, if you're active or if you're a veteran that, that, that allow for hundreds of financing. Um, there are, like here in the state of Florida, they have the um, uh, through Florida Housing, the Florida Bond, they offer down payment assistance. Various counties offer down payment assistance. By the way, the state of Florida is not the only state that offers down payment assistance. I believe almost every state does. Now, is there a hook to that? Because every time 
I hear something like, oh, zero down, 100% finance, kind of my radar goes up and I'm like, scam, scam, this is too good to be true, this doesn't make sense. Can you speak on that? Well, it's interesting because I love that. Um, when your gut tells you something's good, too, to be true, and take a step back and do more research, yeah, you should. That's just a great life philosophy. No, it's not a scam, right? Now, there are definitely things out there that are used to provoke or elicit a response. And if you get the phone to ring, and then when, when you get the details, you realize, oh, yeah, I really don't want to do that. Um, and yeah, that's sales and marketing, right? That's sales and marketing. I coach. If you listen to other every other episode, you can hear me coaching sales professionals and loan officers, and I'm not going to shy away from some of the tactics that I would share with them in order to elicit a response to get the phone to ring. But no, in general, these are legit loan programs. Now, with down payment assistance, yes, um, they very well are going to tell you that although you're getting the $7,500 or the $15,000, that if you don't live in the home for three, five, or seven years, you'll have to pay the money back. But bro, you're paying back free money. Like, I mean, it, it's not like it's, um, you know, it's a detriment, right? So it, it, you should look at that as, oh my God, that's a catch. Now, yeah, some of those loan programs, uh, because the state sets the interest rate, some months the rate is set at something that is uh, aggressively priced. Other times the market is giving a interest rate that is half the better. So there's times where if you have your own down payment money, it might make total sense to put your three or your three and a half percent down and to do a conventional loan or do an FHA loan because the interest rate you garnish is going to be better um, or, or not. Like that's where if you sit down with a true legitimate mortgage professional, like I call like a mortgage advisor, someone who understands there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mortgage. I can't say that enough, by the way. There's no such thing as Mortgage. And mortgages must be tailor-made to match your financial needs, wants, and goals. Right? Like, what are your financial needs? What are your wants? What are your goals? Like, if, if your mortgage professional is not talking to you things about comfort monthly payments, right? Not how much you qualify for. Right? You can get yourself in trouble buying something that you qualify for. No, what are you comfortable paying? Like, what allows you to live your lifestyle? If you like to go on three cruises a year, what allows you to have a payment and go on three cruises? If you have two kids and your goal is to be able to uh, pay for college for them and you want to start a prepaid college plan or a 529, like that should be told to your mortgage advisor so they can be worked in. Like just because you have 30 grand in the bank doesn't mean you should put all 30 grand down. Like you should be educated on what the difference is between putting 30 down versus 15 down versus 5 down because you may find as a homeowner that you could put all your money down and be left with nothing, no rainy day fund, and your mortgage payment is $1,800 a month. But what if you put down 10 grand less? Right, 10 grand less. Okay, your mortgage payment just went up 50 bucks a month. That's it, 50 bucks a month, right? So how do you sit better now? I'll ask you this right now, Coleman. Do you sit better with $0 in your bank account or 10 grand in your bank account? 10 grand for the win. 10 grand for the win, yeah. And just fifty dollars if, if you got to the end of the month and you and your wife are like, Oh my god, we're out of money. It's fifty it's fifty bucks you gonna like sway your lifestyle? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Um, and then it's like well, well I don't know how much, right? That's a, that's a good question. We don't like to start with, with a purchase price. Okay, what you need to do is you need to marry your comfort monthly payment with a sales price. 
And guess what? For some people in some markets, that's not possible. And that's tough. Right? Like, like I have a friend of mine who's a school teacher here in Central Florida. She's single. You know, school teachers make, I think, about 40, 45 grand a year. She's probably not buying something. Right? It's just her comfort monthly payment, which is probably about 912 bucks a month, does not get her into the home and the neighborhood that she desires. Right, so so for her, it's more than likely renting a house with a friend, right? And that's just kind of um, that's here in Central Florida. I couldn't imagine trying to live in like Manhattan or trying to live in California. Right, mm-hmm. it's even worse. But when you're trying to figure out um, how much of a home should you afford, uh, look, I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, play one on TV sometimes, and I have a couple friends that that are. Shout out to uh, Black Rob. Shout out to Caleb. Shout out to uh, Kirk. But uh, nonetheless. Um, Here's what we'll tell you, right? For Clark Howard, Susie Orman, or any of those supposed experts that are talking heads on TV. They will tell you to look at your household income, right? Household income, like what did your W-2 say? What did your spouse's W-2 say? Add them together. Times that number by two and a half to three and a half. So that person should be looking at homes that are roughly $180,000 to $250,000. And please don't get out your financial calculators and start uh, trying to... Uh, Double check me because I'm doing this all in my head. But um, and I already told you I'm simpleton. So um, anyhow, that's step one, right? Another one would be if you didn't want to look at it from a purchase price standpoint, you would want to look at this from a, um, a payment standpoint. So take again your gross. Gross goes super long, right? Gross is the big number. Okay, gross monthly income. This is now the number that hits your. Um, Direct deposit every month, right? This is like your employer says, "Hey, you make sixty-two thousand dollars a year, a thousand dollars a week. That's four thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars a month. Like that's your gross number. You know, it's not what you're seeing because you're going to pay benefits and taxes, and hopefully you're contributing to your four hundred one k, etc. But if you took your your gross monthly income, right? And let's say in uh, in this case it was I don't know six thousand dollars a month. So six thousand dollars a month would be seventy-two thousand dollars a year." That could be you and a spouse, that could be you on your own, but it just gives you an idea of what your gross monthly income is. Take 20 to 25%, no more than 30, right? No more than 30, but take 20 to 25% of your gross monthly, and that would give you an idea of where your monthly payment should be. So again, on $6,000 a month, 20% of six is 1,200. So that means 25% of six should be somewhere right around fifteen hundred, right? So twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a month would be a, a comfortable monthly payment. Now that's again uh, inclusive of things like taxes and insurance, inclusive of things like um, monthly mortgage insurance or PMI, uh, and things like potential HOA dues. I would say it's the term. So every time I see a loan or the term, it's thirty years, fifty years, and I can't even think what I'm doing three hours from now, let alone let alone thirty years from now. Uh, so when I see that that number uh, thrown out there, the first thing I think is like, there's no way I'm going to be tied down to this payment for 30 years. So I'm automatically kind of phasing myself out of it. Yeah, so don't, right? Don't. That's um, I don't think it's seldom in the least. Um, so side note, what's funny too is that all these people in the 70s or the 80s were like, "Are you really going to give me a 30 year loan?" I'm like, yeah. Like, 30 years is just how it's amortized, right? It's just how the payments are are drafted. Um, no one is, is, is expects and anticipates, and quite honestly, the bank's limits don't want 
you paying on this for 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 thirty years. Really? Yeah, they're betting on every five to seven years that you're going to get a new one, right? You're going to get promoted. You're going to start a family. You're going to get married. You're going to get divorced. They're going to move out of the area. Whatever the case may be, life's going to happen, right? So whenever you go to buy a house. Once you've decided that, yes, I'm going to be in this general area for five plus years, because we, we approached or, or addressed that at the beginning of the podcast. Once you decide that, like, I feel it would take every seven years, right? Because it used to be that you're going to, um, you're going to sell or refinance every five. Well, since the financial uh, great recession, that's actually pushed out, right? So now it's like people are, are buying and selling and refinancing every seven and nine years. Some of that's because interest rates are at record lows. Uh, some of that's because there's not a whole lot of inventory out there. But I think it's just people are, are less amped up to get out there and change as much as they were in the past. Mm-hmm. So if you think of, of, of a seven-year standpoint, um, you, 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 would, you would pack it in and tackle it that way. Right? So you're, it's not you're tied into something for 30 years. Because look, as soon as you sell your house, you're going to pay off the mortgage. That means you're no longer tied to that loan. Right? That loan is only as good as, as you are paying it on time and you own the home. And then you sell the home, you have to pay back the mortgage. Gotcha. Yeah. Question number two for me. When I hear the term refi, I am starting to understand it, but I don't understand it fully. So I'm looking to refinance my house, like you said, five years. There's a lower interest rate. Cool. I want another loan. Now, when I hear that, I just hear like, wow, I just got into debt times two because now I took out another loan. Could you help explain that? Yeah, uh, so a refinance is when you go to someone who already has a loan, right? And you pay off that current loan and you give them a new loan. So you won't have two loans going at once. It's just you're taking out a new loan. And you typically would take out a new loan for some kind of a financial benefit, right? You wouldn't do it just willy nilly. You're going to do it because if you're lowering your interest rate, you should be lowering your monthly payment. So you're going to see some kind of a financial savings. Um, not to get too geeky right now in mortgage financing, but there's certain loan programs that come with uh, what's called PMI or monthly mortgage insurance or private mortgage insurance. It's basically an insurance that protects lenders against you, the homeowner, going into default. And at a certain point, you can get mortgage insurance removed. It's typically based on your equity position. Like once you have X amount of dollars in equity, you can get mortgage insurance removed. Or once you have a high enough credit score, you can obtain a loan that doesn't require monthly mortgage insurance. So there's people out there that are paying two, $300 a month in mortgage insurance, but now that they've only been out for three or four years, they've paid down the loan, the home's gone up in value, they have a better equity position, right? Equity's kind of like a like a, a bank, right? With money in it, and you can't really tap into that bank, there's no ATM card for it. But um, you can definitely leverage a better loan once you have equity. So maybe their interest rate stays the same, but you did a new loan that doesn't require that $200 a month in mortgage insurance. Mm. I think about it, think about what $200 a month could do, right? For many people, they don't have a Roth IRA, they don't have an IRA, they're not contributing to a 529, they have negative debt. But that $200 could immediately be applied to paying off that debt, applied towards a, a Roth IRA or a 529 for a kid Um It shouldn't be applied towards uh, Massages. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, it's it, unless you hit all the buckets, right? Unless you, and that's that's uh, you know, more probably like our original podcast where we talked about budgeting. Um, but yeah, and then uh, you would refinance sometimes when people get themselves in a sticky situation. But I was talking earlier about you know having 
of other debts and cars that are upside down, but for whatever reason I have, I have equity, right? I somehow, I bought a house seven years ago, I woke up one day, and my house is worth 800 grand, and I only owe 150. So explain that process. You woke up and you're like, wow, my house is worth this much. What are your next steps? Do you just go to the bank? Just like you said, it's not an ATM. You can't withdraw from it. So can you explain the process of drawing out that equity of uh, out of the house? Yeah, you're, you're going to go out and, and, and you're, you're going to have to qualify. Just like you do when you the house. So you're, you're going to have to have your credit score. You're going to have to supply your income documents. And you're going to have to have your home appraised. It's going to be a process. But you eventually would get a brand new loan. But you wouldn't necessarily have to get a loan for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's what you owe in this scenario. You could get a loan for uh, two hundred thousand, right? Two hundred thousand. Your home's worth what's it? Three hundred. Heck, you can actually get a loan for uh, two hundred forty thousand, right? And you start doing the math. Two hundred forty thousand minus paying off your 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 current home loan for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That delta, that spread, that ninety grand, that's yours to have access to. Right? You could go ahead and pay off your credit cards. You could go ahead and pay off your, your car loan. Or you could go ahead and get that pool put in your home that, that you always wanted. Right? There, so there are ways to tap into that equity, and you would do so with the cash out refinance. Yeah, so first and foremost, you want to have a financial consultation with a mortgage professional. You'd start there. Like, I get it. It's not what's sexy. It's not what's civil. Like, going on Redfin or Realtor.com or Zillow or visiting an open house or a new home community. Like, that's where it's at, but those people shouldn't give you the time or day if you don't have your financing in order. And it's not just about, oh, we're on this website, I plugged in my info and they gave me X, right? Because a mortgage is a financial instrument that helps you achieve your financial goals. So you need to have a complicated um, dialogue with a mortgage professional. And guess what? They're free. I don't know if anyone is charging money to give their advice. If you know a realtor, your realtor should go to recommend someone that, that they trust to do a great job by you. So you start there, right? And ask all your questions and tell them your budget and tell them your concerns and tell them how much money you have allocated. You get allocated, not I want to take everything I have and plop it down. I'm telling you it doesn't make sense, right? The money you do have saved, 15, 20, or 30 grand or 5 grand that you have saved, it suits you better sitting in your bank account than it is ever going to be uh, uh, as a down payment on your mortgage. Okay? Um, put down what you have to qualify. Put down what you have to get the best terms possible. But don't approach it with a hella high water on the lowest mortgage payment. The lowest monthly mortgage payment. Okay? Because every 10 grand that you put down only saves you 50 bucks a month. Okay? So, so that's, that, that's probably step one is to have that conversation. Step two is you need to qualify. Like you need to go through the process. You need to tell them your work history and have your credit pulled and possibly verify your income and verify your assets and allow that letter to say, not only is it you qualify for, but this is what your payment is going to be and this is what your estimated cash out of pocket. We call it cash to close, cash out of pocket. Right now the homeowner, here's what I care about. How much is my payment? I'm talking like all in. Don't don't try to read the advertising site. They're like, oh, oh, this house is 900 bucks. Yeah, they don't pay the plus 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 homeowners insurance, plus taxes, plus H2 ratings, plus PMI. So 900 becomes 1800 very easily. Okay, don't be fooled and don't think you can like DIY this right. Do it yourself. You can't and don't try to right. There are professionals who want to help you. 
Um, and to make sure you have that, that call and you go through the pre-approval process, that you're focused on what it is that you want to afford in terms of a payment, you're marrying that to a sales price, okay? And you know, going into it, before you step foot into a house, before you start having a to show you homes or start making offers, you know, within 50 to 100 bucks, what your payment's gonna be. You know, within $1,000 or so, what your estimated cash to close would be, and you know how that correlates to a sales price. Now, I said payment 50 to $100. I'm going to be the first person to tell you if fifty to hundred dollars is going to make or break whether or not you buy a house, maybe you're not ready. Maybe you're not ready. And the reason for this is you know part of your payment is taxes and homeowners insurance. Well, they both can go up pretty easily. Like when I bought my first house in two thousand and I think it was four, my homeowners insurance was nine hundred bucks a month or a year, a year. I was like, heck yeah, that's super cheap, awesome. Then we had. Um, Three hurricanes back to back to back. Charlie Francis, and I can't remember the other one. Then the homeowner's insurance went to $1,800. Yeah, that's a $75 per month jump in my monthly payment. So if I went into that transaction and bought the home and I was like, oh my God, my payment is $50 more a month? No. You, you know that you're not ready for homeownership if you can't withstand 50 to 100, okay? Um, also, when it comes to assets, even if you are one of the fortunate ones, you qualify for the best purchase and financing option. For whatever reason, you and your realtor kick butt your negotiations and the seller is paying all your closing costs. You still need to have money left over. You call that cash reserves. So I'll tell anyone, don't even attempt to buy a house until you've proven your ability to pay five grand on your own. Right, five grand on your own. Even if you're getting a gift, from mom and dad, which by the way, you can use gift funds from family to help fund your down payment and closing costs. Even if you're using that, you should have at least five grand because you have to bank on your home breaking, right? Banking on half money. Unless you are confident that you can go back to the same family members who gifted you and they're going to help bail you out when your AC breaks or your roof leaks. Okay, so like that's, those are some of the, the first steps in into home ownership. Those are things that um, you should be considering, things that you should be thinking about, comfort monthly payment, uh, money allocated to go towards the transaction. Understand that it's not about how much money can you put down, it's like what's the right amount of money, but make sure you're leaving yourself with some, some rainy day funds left over. It's uh, buying a house that's two and a half to three and a half times your, your gross annual income, or if you want to do a monthly payment line, it's keeping your monthly payment at 20 to 25% of your gross monthly income. Like these are all factors you should be considering. But when in doubt, don't guess. Right? When in doubt, don't guess. Like if you're at a bar, don't guess whether or not that girl that you're threatening is into you. Go find out. Go find out. Like, I mean, the, the, the unknown is probably like the worst place to live. Like let's live in the known. So take up the phone and call someone, right? People are out there, they want to help. Um, if you're not ready today, there's enough people in my industry that will help you put together a plan to follow so you will be ready in the future because it's a fact. Homeowners are way, way, way more wealthy than non-homeowners. And there's so many positive benefits to homeownership that everyone should at least explore it and let, and, and let each individual decide whether or not it makes sense for them. Hopefully by listening to this podcast, they've been able to get a couple tips and tricks that they can take away. And, and think, hey, you know what? I think I may move into it for years. I'm not going to buy a house, right? Or, wait a minute. I love my job. I love my kids' school. 
I didn't know I could buy a house with only five to ten grand saved. I'm ready to do this. And lastly, with the most complicated buying house, don't forget to look at where you are in life, but more important, where you are in career. Right? Someone may be single today, but they're in a pretty serious relationship. There's a good chance that uh, he can pop the question, which means you go from a single income household to a dual income household. How does that change them? Okay? Or, yeah, I just started my career, but my career tra- trajectory has me making three times this income in seven years. In fact, I'll probably do a really big bump in years two and three. So if that's the case, maybe you want to push down with a little bit if you're confident, right? If you sit down and do your annual review and your boss is like, yo, you're like all hot and you're on a phenomenal track, don't be afraid to, to push it a little bit and keep that in mind as well. Because those are all things that should be considered when you're looking at uh, buying your, your, your first home or really buying a home in general, whether it's your first time or whether it's not your first time. Now, we didn't get into this, but I mean, if you have a home with a boatload of equity and you're looking to sell it, so many people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to all my money down and I'm going to keep my payment cheap. Meanwhile, they have like $1,100 in car payments, right? They got like 20 grand in um, credit card payments. And they're in their mid to late 40s and they don't have jack shit paid for retirement. Guess what? If you talk to a really good mortgage professional, Who's going to tell you, hey, by the way, I'm not a financial advisor, but I just want to see you and I have to know a couple shout outs of Black Law Officer and Caleb. Listen, it might not make sense for you to put a full $150,000 down on a new home. It might make more sense for you to put 10% down, right? Take the rest of that money, pay off those cars, pay off that credit card debt, open up an IRA, max it out for you and your wife. So, like, this is why the first step is to literally reach out to a professional and find someone in your local market, guys. Someone local, someone who has reviews, someone who has ties, ties, uh, a group tied into your community, and someone who takes an advisory approach, right? Because it's getting a mortgage and financing a home purchase is more than just what's your credit score, what's your income, and let me give you a free approval letter. Like there's way more that goes into it, and, and that's probably one of my biggest takeaways. So pick up the phone, call, have a conversation. I think it's free at like every mortgage company I know of, uh, and make it happen. And look, if you have questions, um, I'm not going to hide behind who I am, right? I'm Dustin Owen. If you typed in Dustin Owen Mortgage Guy or DustinOwen.com, you'd find me. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that, that you may have. If for whatever reason I'm absolutely slammed, cool. I happen to know like three dozen kick-ass loan officers, but that's what they do, right? They'd be more than happy to spend their time talking to you as well. Uh, that's it. That's all I have for today. Uh, hopefully, I brought value to uh, to our listeners, value to the community. If you like this, please share it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your coworkers. Right? Tell your neighbors. Uh, look us up. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Rome wasn't built overnight, but step by step, we can teach you everything that you should learn in high school, but you did it. I'm Dio. That's all I have for you today. Peace. Scoop!